Coming to theaters January 26th. Left Behind. Rise of the Antichrist. Was it the rapture? Yes. I saw it happen. After millions of people vanish and the world falls into chaos, a charismatic leader rises to become head of the United Nations. How do we know who we can trust? Trust God. Starring Kevin Sorbo, Neil McDonough, and Corbin Burnson. Left Behind, Rise of the Antichrist. This film is not rated but suitable for ages 13 and up in theaters for four days only beginning January 26th. Go to leftbehindmovie.com. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio. Uh, breaking news as it happens, what it means, and why it matters. Uh, Kevin McCullough, and here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. Obliterating confusion. Amplifying truth. And pursuing clarity. Kevin McCullough, now. All right, uh, so glad you're with us. We've got a huge show for you today and lots to get to. The Congress is finally seated. What will happen? We will go directly to Washington, D.C. and talk uh, with one of our favorites. Nicole Maliotakis will be there. Plus, Dr. Gene is uh, on the uh, on tap, and we're going to take a look at the markets. It's all part of your Money Monday here on Kevin McCullough Radio. Kevin McCullough. Something interesting is happening with this. Kevin McCullough, let me start with you. I found this thing at townhall.com by Kevin McCullough. The big dog has come out of nowhere. Kevin McCullough. I just want to help people think. Nationally syndicated radio host and author of No He Can't. He is playing the role. As uh, as well as anybody could. Kevin McCullough is a nationally syndicated radio host and author of No He Can't. The odds are he's right. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, so glad to have you with us. And they did do it, friends. They finally got it done. It wasn't until Saturday morning, uh, very, very early in the uh, early hours of Saturday morning, but uh, Kevin McCarthy became the Speaker of the House for the 118th Congress. And I, for one, was very glad that it took place. I thought that much of the uh, wrangling back and forth, which I don't know, you know, I've, I've been a supporter of Lauren Boebert and Matt Gates for a long time. I thought that uh, as the Freedom Caucus, and I was one of them that spoke at the first Tea Party there on the on the mall, I, th- I thought that the Freedom Caucus's goals were important. But when Jim Jordan is the is the founder of the Freedom Caucus and he's all in, what what's the deal with the other members? And it's, it was interesting. Down the stretch, they even had to go one more round than probably necessary just because Matt Gates wanted to be a little bit smart-alecky one more time. Uh, but you know who got credit, and I was glad to see it today in some of the uh, written media about who finally brought the, the Republican conference together. It was the New York Republican delegation. Now, this is a big deal, friends, because I can't remember the last time the Republican uh, New York delegation got credited with doing much of anything in Congress. I mean, we've got 11 of them there now, and they are working right out of the gate, getting after it. And someone who's a founding member of that delegation is in her second term as a congresswoman from Staten Island and uh, Lower Brooklyn. Nicole Maliotakis rejoins us, former mayoral candidate, former assemblywoman, and great uh, conservative representative for the people of her district. Hello, Nicole. Hi, Kevin. Great to be with you. You too. So you guys got it done, and the uh, New York delegation is getting a lot of uh, credit for having for having you know persevered and keep keep the votes going and so forth. Um, I am very very curious now that the speaker has been put into place and now that the agenda is being set. I've heard rumors that the eighty seven thousand IRS uh, 
agents may be the first thing that's addressed in terms of legislation, and then you're moving on to even uh, uh, other important things that the people care about. What is the mood there on Capitol Hill, and how, how is it now that you've finally got everybody sworn in? Well, uh, t- so today uh, we're going to be taking up the rules package, and uh, this will probably be a lengthy debate uh, going into the, the later hours simply because uh, not everyone agrees, although the, the problem is this. Let me, let me go back a little bit to give some context to your listeners. Um, a lot of the rules changes were agreed upon by the entire conference prior to January 3rd. So we all agree that we didn't want the chamber to be run the way Nancy Pelosi did. And Kevin McCarthy, to his credit, had been so open and honest and transparent and welcoming of our ideas, of our input on how we can make the House function better. So the rules include things like, you know, giving us a minimum of three days to actually be able to read the bills, you know, making sure that we stick to single subject issues here, right, that – uh, we're not jamming in all sorts of different things that are unrelated into one bill, making sure that if we're going to spend money, we're cutting it from somewhere, that we're not continuing to add to our uh, growing, unsustainable $31 trillion debt, making sure that there's a supermajority to increase taxes. Those are all things we agreed to. So very little had changed between, you know, with the standstill that happened last week. But, yeah, the first bill, when we pass the rules, the first bill that we're supposed to take up will be to defund, to repeal the 87,000 IRS Army. That is going to be the first message that we send to the Senate and to Joe Biden. We're also going to be passing legislation this week that will uh, put forward our Border Security Act of America, which actually gives the Customs and Border Patrol agents the tools that they say they need to do their job. It will also restart construction of the border wall. Uh, And we're also going to be taking up the Prosecutors Must Prosecute Act, which is my bill, which actually exposes rogue prosecutors, requiring them to disclose publicly the number of case, the number of criminals that they they are dropping charges against, the number of criminals that uh, they've cut plea deals with, and uh, have have reduced charges. I think that's really important for transparency, though, so the public can make a decision to recall or to fire their prosecutors. They're not doing their job. Uh, we're also going to pass another bill, or at least be debating another bill, to stop President Biden from. Uh, raiding our strategic petroleum reserves and to Thank stop you. selling oil we need in this country to China. So these are some of the measures that we'll be taking up this week. I think we're ready to hit the ground running. We had that little snag last week. Thankfully, we were able to uh, end it. And here we are ready to move forward and, and do the people's work. Let me ask you about the 87,000 IRS agents. It's one thing to pass a bill to repeal them and then to ask the Senate and the president to go along with it. But if the president and the Senate don't go along with it, are you guys ready to just defund it and just take the, uh, the, al- the allocation of the money away? Because that's, in essence, where the teeth of the, of the issue is, right? Yeah, well, so, so two things, right? One, we're, we're setting the, the record really clear. This is where we start in negotiations. Uh, these are our priorities for the year. Um, number two, what we're doing, uh, what we would like to do is use the power of the purse uh, to that type of leverage to push the administration to do the right thing. So whether it be the IRS agents, whether it be border security, whether it be energy independence. Now, one problem we have right now is that the Senate Republicans basically undermined us by cutting that deal on that 1.7 omnibus that will go right. down for the next nine months. So they've taken away our power of the purse and our leverage to be able to push the administration and the Senate to do good. 
Um, so uh, we have to deal within the parameters of the cards that were, were dealt, and we're going to continue to advocate for these things. That's why I was so disappointed that Senate Republicans gave their vote for this omnibus bill without yeah. even requiring that Title 42 stay in place or that border uh, security measures be uh, enacted. That, to me, I think was a very much a lost opportunity. Can you give us some insight on exactly what the Energy Department has admitted on behalf of the administration? Yeah, I mean, you know, Biden's anti-energy policies have just been disastrous. Not only have they increased the costs that American families are uh, paying at the pump, at the at the supermarket, or when they're paying their utility bills just to keep their homes, you know, with electric and heat. Um, so, you know, they they refuse to ramp up domestic energy production. I think this is another area where you're going to see Senate Republicans really push for changes to some of those policies they've implemented, by the way, mostly through executive order, although there's right. been some uh, additional measures that were passed in some of these bills that we mentioned. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're talking about nearly 60,000 lost jobs, nine over $9 billion in GDP growth, and uh, you know, billions of dollars in both personal income and lost business associated with uh, President Biden stopping the Keystone Pipeline. Now, I'm glad that, you know, his administration is admitting this, but what are we going to do to rectify? And I think that's going to be that's, a real key point uh, yep. for House Republicans to continue to push for uh, th- this necessary infrastructure, uh, but also for the reversal of some of these anti-energy policies in which they are sitting on permits, sitting on leases discouraging the private sector from investing in in oil and gas infrastructure. Here in New York, by the way, we see how New York State is refusing to expand uh, uh, gas plants. You're seeing how they shut down Indian Point nuclear plants. These are major issues that have had a tremendous impact on the cost of energy for New Yorkers. Well, Nicole, you're doing a great job, and thank you for using your influence to help move the process forward late Friday, early Saturday. I know that after being in the Assembly and reading those bills all night long and, and staying up to fight Governor Cuomo back in the day, you, you, you're used to that overnight shift, but not, not all of your colleagues were. So I'm glad you led the way, and thanks for being with us, and Happy New Year. Thank you, Kevin. Happy New Year to you as well. You got it. All right, there she goes, fighting the good fight for the good people of uh, Staten Island and and South Brooklyn, and uh, glad that she's there. One of the leaders of the New York uh, delegation that uh, helped get the the Speaker of the House settled, and now they get to move on to the business of the people. Kevin McCullough, big show straight ahead. Don't go away. 